On today's episode of the Hitman Podcast, Mo and I talk about the NBA coming back, the career of Vince Carter, sneaker rundown for the week, trivia, and the life and times of Breonna Taylor. Episode 5, let's do it. It is each and every week when you hear that MVP chant, you know what's going on. It's the most valuable podcast in the world, the Hitman Podcast. Yeah, yeah, sir. You could be listening to any podcast in the world. You could be listening to any podcast in the world, but you're listening to us right now. We appreciate that. Hey, been a good week with all that's going on. Still going on. You see the see the protest still going strong in the streets. I'm happy about that, you know. Trying to move on, trying to move on in a positive light. And you know, next tomorrow's my birthday, so you know. So <laughs> talk that talk, so, boy. I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good, man. <laughs> another year wiser, another year richer. And we gonna keep this thing going, man. How you feeling? I can't complain, man. It was a really good week seeing all that beautiful black love standing up there. You know, standing up for our rights and, and making an impact on the community. You know, I feel like the black voice was heard this week. Yeah. You know, a lot of yeah. silly shit was being said. A lot of uh, people yeah. came out of their face <laughs> and showed us who they really were. I appreciate that, too. I appreciate it, too. You know? Oh, yeah. Let me oh, know yeah. where you stand. So we can move on accordingly. Oh yeah, now we know exactly what to do with it. Appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely, man. So I'm glad we're doing good. Everything's doing good. And you know, this what episode number five? Episode cinco. Man, we making some traction, bro. We might, we might actually have some. Yeah, going we appreciate y'all checking in with us each and every week. You know, the 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 reception has been wonderful. You know, when we started this thing, we were we were coming. Strictly for the passion, strictly for the love. It wasn't to get any money or any attention or anything like that. We really want to make our voices heard and share our passion and our love of sports uh, with the per- with the public. So we appreciate it. What I do need from y'all, what we both need from y'all at this moment, uh, we're doing pretty good, but we could be doing a lot better. What we need y'all to do is subscribe to the Hitman Podcast, wherever podcasts live. We're available, we're available on Apple Podcasts. We're available on Spotify. Hit that button. We're available on Breaker, Google Podcasts, Overcast, wherever wherever podcasts live. We need y'all to hit that subscribe button. We need those five-star ratings, and we need y'all to drop them reviews. Let them know how y'all feeling about us. Keep it pushing. You know, good things come from all of that, all of that support. We appreciate y'all, so we need y'all yeah, to keep boy. fighting a good fight out there. We need y'all to keep supporting Hit Me and Podcasts. And, you know, we're going to keep this thing on moving, man. What we got going on this week, bro? Yeah, man. 
love, bro. You know, so of course, you know how we like to start out with the the swap the bam, swap the bam, swap the bams. Hey, bro, like I told you, the NBA you ain't is back. Nothing, bro. What you said? It's back. The NBA is back, <laughs> and I'm happy as hell, boy. Man, thank you. Thank you so much. Well, let's get into it, bro. So, uh, per ESPN's Adrian Wojnarowski, he dropped the Woj bomb. The NBA's back, and they explained it. So, they're coming back, but it's with a different type of format. So, uh, the top 10 teams in the Eastern Conference will be coming back, and the top eight teams in the Western Conference will be coming back. Now, in addition to that, it'll be six teams within the six, within six games of a playoff spot will take place in the Western Conference. Now, that sounds a little bit confusing, so let me run that back. We're going to have the top eight teams that are already there in the West and the top, ten, top eight teams that are already there in the East. But in addition to that, there'll be five teams added from the Western Conference and one team added to the Eastern Conference. Now, the five teams that'll be added from the Western Conference will be New Orleans, Portland, San Antonio, Sacramento, and Phoenix. And in the Eastern Conference, it'll be Washington. And the reason why those teams are being added is because they are within six games of a playoff spot in a respective conference. So, the season is scheduled to restart on July 31st teams will be scheduled to travel to Florida on July 7th, per Brian Windhorse. The regular season will extend 16 days, and they'll have five to six games a day in Orlando. But, you know, in, in culmination. So, each team will play eight regular season games, and then if the eighth seed at the end of these eight regular season games is within four games of the eighth seed, the ninth and the eighth seed will have a play-in to get in the playoffs. And the way that that will work, are you following me, Chris? I'm doing my best. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds confusing. But if the eighth team, if the ninth seed is within four games of the eighth seed at the end of this whole thing, what they'll do is they have a playoff between those two teams. The way that it'll work is that the eighth seed would only need to beat the ninth seed one time but in order for the ninth seed to get in, they would have to beat the eighth seed twice. So, um, that's how that's gonna go. Now, the most important thing is the safety, right? Because we wanna make sure that these players are safe and nobody catches for COVID. Sure. Um, so as far as the safety measures, yeah, as far as the safety measures, um, COVID-19 testing will be the norm in Florida, uh, per Shams. Um, they will test mostly with mouth swabs and light nasal swabs as opposed to the full invasive nasal swab. Uh, a potential positive test will result in a seven day minimum quarantine for that player, and no more than 1,600 people will be allowed in a bubble at any given time. So, after all that that I just went through and tried to make it through, what you think about it, Chris? I hate it. <laughs> I hate it. I hated it from the start, man. Really? I hated it from the start. I've, I've always, I've been a predicate of saying that they should have just you know, done away with the season and started fresh next year. Um, a bunch of different reasons, man. First of all, it it keeps it keeps the the threat of COVID in the minds of everybody. You know what I'm saying? Initially, they went from yeah. when Rudy Gobert tested positive that uh, the standard protocol was going to be 14 days 
uh, quarantine and now they're pushing it back to seven. Still, there's been no uh, real signs of a vaccine or any signs of uh, curving within the numbers in the communities. Other than the fact that we've been, you know, quarantined for over going on three months now, um, there really hasn't been any any change. And then there's just so many stipulations in regards to making this season or, or salvaging the rest of the season. The players that are coming in, there's 22 teams in total that are going to be down there uh, at the Disney Resort. They're going to be at the Wild World of Sports. Now, mind you, there's a, they, they do have space there. They're going to be in three different on three different courts at one time and games are going to be essentially played all day so it kind of gives you that march madness feel where there's going to be like tournament style or there's going to be games being played throughout the day but it just seems like a lot in terms of an overhaul i even heard earlier this week that some of the teams to kind of recreate home field advantage are going to be flying in their home courts like the the lumber the the hardwood from their yeah, from that. their stadiums to put those I down whenever they're playing in the playoffs uh, to give that home field advantage or home court advantage, excuse me. Um, there's also been concern raised about some of the coaches that fall within that uh, prime demographic to catch COVID. Uh, Mike D'Antoni, Greg Popovich, Alvin Gentry uh, all come to mind. Greg Popovich is 71 years old. So uh, the threat is very real, but you know, Pop is a is a tough OG. So he he you know shot that down instantly. He said, if, you know, my team has a chance to get into the playoffs. I'm not going to use this as an excuse to to be uh, the weak link or to keep them from doing it. So kudos to you know the people that are going to be braving it and feel that basketball needs to be played not just for uh, the season's sake, but for the but for the culture's sake for for basketball enthusiasts around the world. You know, that want to see the NBA back. I want to see the NBA back as well. I just want to see it back at 100%, bro. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be so much different with no fans there. Um, I don't know how they're going to replicate that crowd noise. <laughs> Have I you been hearing what's been going on with that? Is it like sounds from 2K? Uh, <laughs> 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 what, what, like, if they're using sounds from 2K to, like, replicate sound noise, that's going to be kind of awkward. I'm not going to lie to you. And you know the sounds. You know sometimes they got those fans at 2K. They like animate. They be saying that weird that weird shit. I don't know. <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> Get that shit out of here. And that's going to be weird hearing that on the screen. Uh, on Like coming through the TV. My suggestion is they just get a DJ and he just starts spinning. Yeah, like like you would do it at uh, I, I think it'll be at like the Drew League or like a Rucker game. Like a summer league. For yeah. sure. Give it that summer league feel. For sure. For sure. Because um, first I I do want to uh, commend Adam Silver in the NBA for trying. Yeah, shout out to the commission. And I say that because, yeah, because it's easy to just say, let's dump away this season, right? But as we keep learning about COVID, it seems like this is something that's going to be kind of here to stay over the next few years. And we don't know when there's going to be a vaccine for it. So eventually, we're going to have to move on in some type of way. So I salute them for taking the time trying to learn and trying to educate themselves the best that they could on the situation and then coming up with a plan and putting it in motion uh i wanted the nba personally to be first to come back so they could get the credit because the nba has always been a trailblazer for issues um, social issues uh league issues that go on between all the major leagues the the nba seems to be ahead of the forefront 
when they seem to get on top of things and kind of you know set the pace on how things are done and ever since adam silver has been there he's been innovative in the way that you know he wants to attack things case in point the all-star game this year probably best all-star game in the last 20 years you know and that was because adam silver stepped out on a limb and went to the players to see how they could get it right and jerseys were so, still trash though shout out to them I mean, they were cool. Nah. You know, I think they should Un- go back to the regular. I think they should go back to just wearing your regular jersey. Uncool, bro. I cool. think they I should think go back to doing the, the old school joints that Dr. J and Magic and Bird used to wear. You know, do the white the jer- uniforms yeah, the and the red so-so. uniforms and just keep it pushing. Like, everybody's trying to get too freaky with the colors and the <laughs> and they want to represent their they city. Like, bro, like those jerseys. Yeah, jerseys was jerseys – was, they were all right. They were lukewarm. I'm, I'm, but I love what they not did. Not for Chicago, bro. Numbers. Like for the city, the I was expecting something. Wait, wait, wait. I'm talking about the twenty. I'm talking the twenty-four for Kobe and the two for Gianni on the, on the back for, for Gigi. I thought that was a dope idea. I thought that was. Oh dope. yeah, yeah, yeah. No the doubt. Jerseys no were doubt. lukewarm. Though. No doubt. They, they look like the jerseys. You know what the jerseys look like? They look like that the All Star game was in Toronto. They look like the old, you know, the old baseball jerseys with the oh, pinstripes from the forties. That's what they look like. <laughs> but I mean, I'm 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 nitpicking. All all the same, though, I agree with your point. The All Star game was amazing, and it was due to um, the the ingenuity, you know, and the creativity of the NBA league offices. And it starts at the top. So shout out to Commissioner Silver for doing his thing and yeah, trying to put on a, a fast product, you know, a product for the public and for the consumer. Absolutely. So let me get here with it though. So. Uh, shout out to Adam Silver. Um, hopefully things go right as well with the testing and we have no um, positive cases and we're able to just play out the rest of the season. But it's interesting, right, how to have this format. Uh, I'm looking right now, and in the East, we can just start with Washington. Right. I'm just looking at the standings. Right. And Washington looked like they're about they're five and a half games back. So they actually have a legit chance to get into that play. And John Wall been you know? saying he's ready to come um, back. He's 110%. Yeah, do you think he comes back? I honestly think I he does. Do they have a shot? I've seen teams say, uh, that's crazy. I wouldn't. I mean, if he's 100, if he says, if he's 110% like he says he is, all right, come back. But you coming from an Achilles injury, yeah, and we know those injuries are not something to really play with. You see, KD already. Shut it down. He shut down all those rumors. I'm not coming back, and he shouldn't come back. I mean, the the Nets they would make it. It would be fun to watch him and Kyrie try to you know win a championship, but not under these circumstances, bro. Just you know, I'm glad he shut that down and said he wasn't playing. Um, John Wall and the in the Wizards. I mean, honestly, if he comes back and they make the playoffs, I mean, they're gonna get bounced in the first round. What's the point? Now. If he's 110%, I guess, then do your thing. But I don't see a point for him to come back. But in the Western Conference, even though you say you don't like this, like like the whole thing with it, it's going to be so interesting in that West. It's going to give us something to talk about for sure. you got Portland, right? <laughs> yeah, man, look. Portland, New Orleans, and Sacramento all sit three and a half games back from Memphis in the right, spot. Right, right, right. And then you, got San, then you got San Antonio at number at, – at, Four games back. So, it's going to be a battle within themselves with those last four to get into that HC. Now, if they all tie, I wonder how that format works, you know? I know they're going to iron some things out and get us some more clarity on that, but I want to see how that how that works out. And, ironically, 
everybody, all the teams voted voted in on this process. The Portland Trailblazers. The Portland Trailblazers. Like, what else do they want, man? What else do they want, bro? Like, y'all in. Y'all in. Y'all got, in the words of Dame, <laughs> y'all got something to play for now. So, I don't even know why they, I don't even know why they voted no against that. But, anywho, anywho, that, you know, that, that makes for, that makes for, interesting tv and i know that we all been longing for nba basketball to come back so i'm very very happy about it uh i want to put this out here though to you chris and i want to let you know this and everybody this championship whoever wins it should not have an asterisk by it at i all. definitely i've been hearing that. that and i think i heard you told me that we had a conversation you said it's gonna be an asterisk next to the championship there should not be an asterisk in anything it should be an exclamation mark and you know why this is going to be the hardest championship ever won in NBA history. This is by far. Think about it. You start playing the season. Everything's going well. 2020 hits. And where do we start with 2020? You know, Kobe, the unfortunate passing to Kobe, that tore the, that tore the league up. It actually made the competition a little bit better because people got more focused. Um, and so in that regard, uh, hated losing Kobe. Of course, but it was hard to come back from that. Then we got the whole COVID situation. And you're telling me you're going from playing every day and getting in your rhythm every day and getting ready for the playoffs to just shutting it down. And now you haven't played ba- basketball in, what, two to three months? To then now just pick it up and say, all right, we're going to play eight regular season games and get in the playoff mode and crown a champion. And there's no home court advantage. I don't care what court you bring to Orlando. It's, you, it ain't no home court advantage. It's gonna be nice. That's to exactly what. Well, that's exactly why. I, that's exactly why I feel that uh, this is more so. I hate to say it because I love the NBA. I, I, I honestly believe it is because one, like as as much as I love the NBA, I feel like this is clearly a money play, bro. I really feel like they're trying to. The reason they put out seven game series, the format for the playoffs is gonna be the the four round. Uh, 16 games to win, seven game series, obviously. Um, they put in the 22 teams that had a chance to make the playoffs instead of putting all the teams in. So it's not to say that those teams that didn't come in, they don't have stars that are that are buzzworthy or television worthy. It's just the fact that they're trying to crank out as many games as they can. That's why they settled on eight as opposed to just going straight into the playoffs uh, beginning on July 31st. So they want to get those playing games because it still honors the contract for the television dollars that are coming to the players and coming to the teams themselves. Yeah, uh, I definitely think it's a money grab. I mean, for the simple fact that you put Zion in, uh, that's that's to me a money play. But they lost money, so of course this is business. The NBA is about their money; they're gonna get them dollars. So I'm not mad at it. That doesn't. That's not the reason for an asterisk. I'm just saying. You take it as an athlete, the way that you prepare your body and you train and you kind of like pace the season for you to just just stop and then for you to come back under these conditions. And for you, like teams, think about it, teams like Milwaukee, teams like the Lakers who position themselves the way that they did this year so they could have home court advantage when they got in the Eastern Conference Finals or the Western Conference Finals. That's now gone. So, and that's along for all the other teams that Let have me ask you a question. at any point in the playoffs. That's going to be tough. Imagine you know, this happens last that, year, right? Yeah, go ahead. 
And the Lakers are doing well. LeBron gets hurt. And mm-hmm. then COVID happens. Yeah. With LeBron being injured last year, do you still feel as though that they, with the same situation, with everything being even, except for the fact that LeBron's healthy this year and he was injured last year, does the NBA restart the season for the 2018-2019 season with LeBron out? Yeah, they still do it. I disagree. I don't think that they do it at all. Because for, for the reason for the for the reason you for the reason you just said though, because nobody's trying to lose that much bread, bro. Nobody. I don't care who you are. They not and you and we're not talking. I'm not talking the the uh, LeBron James, the Kawhi Leonard's, the Anthony Davises of the world that's making millions upon millions, 25, 30 million plus a year. I'm talking about the guys that's on the bench. I'm talking about those guys who make the league minimum. Nobody's trying to lose that much money, and the owner's not trying to lose that much money. So I think they bring it back regardless. And just specific to your example, they bring it back because LeBron is going to be rested by the time they come. Exactly, back. that's my point. He has a chance to actually get them in the playoffs. You, you're speaking so, to my so point. So for the re- like, but but this year, but this year, guess who they're making an exception for? In in my opinion, they're making an exception for Zion. So I think in any situation, yeah. So in any situation, they bring it back. They're also banking on the fact that New Orleans is going to come out. And up and upstage Memphis for that eighth seed, so that they can get that one eight matchup between New Orleans and the Lakers, and then it's really not going to make a difference. Whoever gets that eighth seed in the first round on the in the Western Conference is going to get smacked around Five by the Lakers next. in the first place. It's going to be four. It's going to be four games, and they're up out of there. I really am interested in seeing, however, with me kind of like, all right, this is this is the plan moving forward. I am interested in seeing a few teams. Dallas, for example, Luka, uh, Luka Doncic has been overseas. I love Dallas. He had, but he's been overseas though. Ever since COVID happened, he's he's been home with family. He hasn't been in the states. Also of note, uh, I, you, I don't know if you've been seeing this picture floating around of James Harden. People are saying that he lost twenty pounds. Uh, so you know they're they're yeah. worried about him. You saying Jokic? Yeah, they say Jokic the same way. But in my in, in regards to Harden, they're saying he lost twenty pounds. Uh, they're saying, oh, he's finally in shape. He finally has that time to rest and get situated. Bro, you lose 20 pounds in two and a half, almost three months? I'm, I'm going to say this. With that COVID situation happening, there was a there was a lot of fast food that wasn't being eaten by these players. You know, these players burn calories like crazy. So some of them don't probably have the best diets. Not saying James Harden did it, but, you know, it, it I think that a lot of players took this time to really get serious because there wasn't anything to do and you have to stay ready at all times. And I, I give I give the you know the players credit for staying in shape however that they did. I heard uh Mobamba put on twenty eight pounds of muscle. Mm. That's ridiculous. Shout out to Mo Bamba. Shout out to Mo Bamba though. Yeah, man. But no, you you make a good point. You make a good point because uh, I do want to see how Houston looks coming back from this. Yeah. Um, I personally think they don't have a chance if they don't even they don't have anybody over six nine playing in the game. They don't have a chance. If PJ Tucker is your center, good luck. Now, I'm just saying, like I like PJ Tucker, but he's not a center. And if they ever meet a team with a center, which is every other team in the Western Conference, they're going home. You know what's crazy, bro? So there were no, at least of note, there were no like free agent buyouts there were no signings during the COVID process i wonder if that was suspended if if like league operations or, or those transactions were like on hold 
while we were undergoing quarantine because that that's just to your point they didn't sign any big men they didn't sign any uh reinforcements on the bench to kind of to kind of strengthen that lineup in terms of going up against the size of the lakers or the size of the nuggets or the clippers um and i wonder why that is maybe they maybe they maybe they bought all the way into that small ball and they're just going to keep it you know they're going to try to see it through to the end of the season yeah. That's a good point. I don't know exactly. I haven't read anything about how that was done, yeah. but I didn't see any moves. So I think that everybody was just trying to wait and wait it out to see what was going to happen. But in the next coming weeks, we'll, we'll start to see some movement, if any, um, of course. Uh, I, they'll come out, you know, they'll come out and see, say what could happen because I know they did come out and say that players that were, that were injured and put on an injured list can actually come back. So that's why everybody jumped to the assumption that KD was coming back. Right. Uh, but yeah, but yeah, man, it's gonna be interesting to see how this plays out. I can't wait for the playoffs to start. I think that this neutral site will bring the best out of some of these players, and we'll see who shows up. You know, no fans. There's no fans. There's no distractions. We still got eight games to get there, though. To it. Don't we'll see. What's we'll your show up? Don't get too hasty because yeah, they still got those eight games to play in. What I want to ask you flat out: Who gets that? Who mm-hmm. gets the? Who gets the eighth seed in the West? Who gets the eighth seed in the East? Mm. Let me take one more look. Really, I, I, I really do hope that Memphis holds on to that AC only because I think they deserve it. I think that John Morant was playing at such a high level for a rookie. I just want to see him in the playoffs because he's he just he's a point guard and that can, that has bounce and is you know can is electric. But if I have to bet my bottom dollar on it. I'm gonna say Portland gets it. I was gonna say Portland. No matter, no matter all that stuff I was talking, I can't. I'm not knocking Dame Dollar. And if they if they get into a playoff situation where it's like the playing situation and Portland's there in that playing situation, oh Portland's getting in. They're not going home. You got Dame, CJ, Melo. Oh man, and they got rest. They because you know injuries were were a big thing for, for them. For sure. So oh, so now they got the guys healthy. They come back out there full strength. I think they're rejuvenated from this. They got they probably two weeks ago thought that they weren't going to be able to get back in. The, they didn't think they were going to be part of the, you know, part of the 16 teams. They extended it out to 22. So I really do think that Portland gets in there. In the East, I think Orlando stays. You think Orlando? If holds, John you think, Wall comes back, you think Orlando holds off Washington? If John, yeah, but if John Wall comes back. He can make things interesting. If he says he's 110, percent the Achilles thing, I don't know if he's been playing five on five. It's, it's very hard. Um, I think people underestimate how hard it is to just come back from an injury after not playing ball for over a year. It's hard. It's tough. You don't even have a rhythm. It takes people a half a season, almost a damn a whole year, to get back to you know the level that they once were, like All Star form, or even feeling just like you know like they can dominate. So, with that being said, I'm going Orlando. So, my two teams will be Portland in the West and Orlando in the East. I was going to say Portland takes uh, takes Memphis out. Um, in the East, man, I'm really looking forward to seeing Oladipo back on the court. I really, really want to see what Philly's looking like. Mm-hmm. I want to see if Joel Embiid got in, got in shape, if he took care of himself during the quarantine. Um, Orlando might be a fun team to check out. But me in particular for the East, I want to see what Oladipo looks like coming back with rest. I want to see what Miami's looking like um, with with them being all the way healthy. 
Uh, and those eight games before the playoffs are going to be tune-ups. John Wall is going to be um, the dark horse. He's going to be, um, I guess he's going to be the, the deciding factor for Washington. He's in the East. He's the only thing that's going to make this this whole um, situation, this playing situation, interesting in the East. Yeah. Because it is what it is in the Eastern Conference. You know, we're just talking Washington at this point. So it'll be fun to see if John Wall does come back, what they do in those eight games. It will be fun to see that. Um, the Western Conference is what I want to have my eye on, though. Uh, I'm just I'm just ready to get to it. I'm, I'm so thirsty. <laughs> I, I ain't had nothing to watch, man. I'm thirsty. Just to give everybody so, a quick rundown. To the NBA, man. Just to give everybody a quick rundown. Number one in the West, the Lakers. Number two, the Clippers. Third seed right now is Denver Nuggets, followed by the Utah Jazz in fourth. Fifth is the Oklahoma City Thunder. Sixth is the Houston Rockets. Seventh, the Dallas Mavericks. And the eighth seed at the moment, the Memphis Grizzlies. Over on the East, the Milwaukee Bucks with the best record in the NBA at the one seed, followed number two by the Toronto Raptors. Number three, the Boston Celtics. The fourth seed, the Miami Heat. The fifth seed, the Indiana Pacers. Sixth seed, Philadelphia 76ers. Seventh seed, Brooklyn Nets. That's crazy. And the number eight seed, rounding out the Eastern Conference, the Orlando Magic. Just seeing that the Philadelphia 76ers are the sixth seed, it's got to be a disappointing season for them. Brett Brown's job is still on the line, bro. Let's see how. My goodness, the sixth seed? Yeah, I just looking at I just looking at it, it just looks wild. You know, but shout out to Toronto. They was they was written off all season as soon as Kawhi left. They're like they people had them not even making the playoffs. I told you, so my boy Pascal Siakam back to back MIP. He, he's a problem. Let us know what y'all think about the playoffs. Let us know about let us know what y'all thinking about the NBA coming back. Full effect. Who you looking to see? Who you looking to Take all the way to the finals. Hit us up at the Hitman Podcast on Instagram. The Hitman Podcast at gmail.com. Next band. We got a chance to check out the One Man in His Shoes documentary. A bit of a companion piece to The Last Dance. Uh, It aired on Viceland. It takes you through the journey of, uh, in the inception of the Air Jordan, the most iconic shoe of our time. Uh, talked about Jordan's journey, how he started coming out of North Carolina, a Converse kid, um, kind of bunking the system, going with Nike reluctantly, right? He wanted he wanted to be with Adidas. Everybody kind of knew that. Um, interesting documentary. Got a lot of commentary from uh, some notable writers from Sports Illustrated, Chicago's own Scoop Jackson. Um, it was really dope. It was really dope. I got a chance to watch it again today. I know, Mo, you checked it out uh, when it aired the first time. Not a lot that we already didn't know, but um, just just a, a refresher in terms of, you know, what the shoe meant, what the brand means to basketball, what it means to, you know, the culture overall. Um, and not and it wasn't just a, a fairy tale. It wasn't just a happy story. There was some uh, some stuff that, that came in the second half of the documentary that I'm sure you want to get into, so. Uh, I'll let you take it over, bro. Yeah. Yeah, it was uh, a great documentary. Uh, like you said, not a lot that we didn't know about the shoe, especially growing up in the shop. Uh, we know how iconic the, the sneaker is. Jordan set the, he set the, the trend. He is the wave when it comes to 
sneakers and basketball sneakers in the in the NBA and in the culture. So we knew a lot about that. But what we really don't we talk about the good, but then there's also a negative impact to it. And it was how many lives were lost from these shoes. You know, uh, kids get up every Saturday morning. You know, either they drag their parents or, you know, the parents don't want to be a part of it. And so now you have all these sneakerheads lining up in lines and you got, what, 500 people waiting in line and the store might only have 200 pairs. So that means 300 kids aren't going, or 300 people in general aren't going home with the shoes. But then you see them following people that have the shoes that look like they can't defend themselves or for whatever reason. And these kids end up dead over these shoes. They, you know, they show ugly stories of, you know, kids having the shoes on and getting beat up uh, out of their shoes, getting murdered, getting chased in the car, getting shot at. Um, and it just gave you the ugly side of, you know, how Nike and Jordan produced these shoes and how you would think that they would pr pr mass produce them. But it's the contrary. They have the supply they have the demand but it seems like they don't have the supply and when you do that and there's a high demand people are going to do whatever they want whatever they're going to do to get what they need or what they think they need and I remember Chris as a kid uh I didn't really understand it I used to subscribe I don't know if you remember the inside stuff magazine For sure I used to uh, yeah I used to uh I begged my mom to subscribe uh, those to me so they used to come to the house every month I get a uh, magazine and you know they got all the ads in there and I remember the first ad that I seen that was like super fresh were the Concord 11s and, and they had the phone number underneath like it was the Nike ad and it had the phone number that you could call and my mom loved those shoes she was like I'll try to get them for you uh, unfortunately she couldn't get them you know she was like they were sold out and then they came out with the breads and I remember that I was wanting the bread so bad, but the shoes were, in a sense, gang-affiliated in Chicago. Right. And on the news, you would see, you know, on the news, you were seeing a lot of people getting killed for those shoes. And my mom vowed that she would never buy me a pair of those sneakers, you know, of that, of that colorway. And she wouldn't buy me a pair of Jordans that she felt like I would get lose my life over. So I learned at a young age, like, damn, this is what these shoes are doing to us. Uh, but you love them. You love them. You, it's, the, it's like, I'm not going to not buy them. When I, when I got my money, I bought them. You know? It, it, and my parents, it was kind of weird. They, they felt, felt for my, they feared for my safety because I was wearing the shoes. So that's the element that you don't normally see with those shoes. But it was just interesting to see that on camera. Um, I know one of the, 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 family members that got killed they showed one of the family members that got killed on the show and the one thing that stuck out to me was that uh the guy got killed and the sister said that jordan sent her a pair of the new shoes that didn't come out yet right and she was so confused by it like my brother just got paired, killed over a pair of shoes that just came out you think i'm going to wear the shoes that haven't even, that haven't released, even yet? Been released yeah she was she was scared you know and yeah, that, that kind of hit me like, damn, that's real. So um, very interesting perspective. She even says in the documentary that she waited another month until a month after they actually released to wear them. So she could kind of just get in, yeah. that, get in there and swim because had she had them, 
or Warren before that, she'd have made herself a target, a mark. Yeah, it's a, uh, it's interesting, man. That dynamic is very interesting with, you know, Jordan and him becoming a billion-dollar business. But at the same time, you know, these kids are dying over his sneakers, and they're kind of, according to the documentary, there hasn't been any real statement. It's from Jordan or Nike uh, to at least, you know, talk to the kids, to talk to the people, to calm them down, or at least provide more sneakers. So, um, it was interesting. What did you think about it, bro? Uh, again, like we said from the beginning, it was a, it was a lot of, it, was, it wasn't much that we already didn't know. Um, it talks about the inception of the shoe, how uh, his contract was a million dollars for the first four years, and then a million dollars to uh, promote. And then their goal, Nike's original goal, was to sell $3 million worth of shoes within the first year. They sold $126 million worth of Air Jordans in the first year. Um, for those that don't know about the story of the band or the bread ones, um, one of the most you know popular colorways, uh, the Chicago one colorway was not even the original colorway, the bread was. And David Stern's influence uh, in terms of saying he was gonna find Jordan and find the Bulls for allowing Jordan to wear that colorway. Nike paid the fine uh, for every game that Jordan wore the bread ones. And then they came up with the alternate version, which was the Chicago one. Um, or they made they actually made more production of the Chicago one, excuse me. Chicago one was the first shoe that he wore in an exhibition game uh, before the 84 season. And um, again, that's how the story of the, the bread one came about. Uh, beyond that, just the the brutality and the and the violence that came about from, like you said, the increased demand and the low supply of those shoes, it created the marketing machine behind that shoe. It made it a commodity. Uh, it was in limited supply, and so you know you had to be lucky or you had to be uh, violent enough in terms of taking them from somebody that spent that money on them. Me myself, bro, kind of like you, I had you know Word Up magazine back in the day, Slam magazine. Uh, East Bay's would deliver to the house from playing sports, and you saw those ads. East Bay's, right? Shout out to East Bay's. Um, you saw those <laughs> ads, and you saw those. You saw that product. Um, but even still, my parents shied away from it just because of a price standpoint. I wasn't able to get Jordans until I got my first job and was able to buy them on my own. Um, but I had already, right. you know, I had already made up my mind. Michael Jordan was my hero. I loved Air Jordans back in the day, not just from, not just because of what they meant for the culture. But just from an artistic standpoint, they seem to be the cleanest, the sleekest, um, you know, the most different, as opposed to like the Concord weapons or the the pumps, the Reebok pumps that, that Ewan was wearing, uh, or even the CBs, the, the Barclays. Like I loved the Jordans because they were different. Um, and they showed like there was a bit of showmanship and they were flashy just as much as Jordan's game was. Nevertheless, though, um, it seemed like a luxury, didn't it? Yeah, it, it felt it felt like uh, something that you would get on your birthday or Christmas, uh, one of those big dog purchases, as opposed to you know how we just kind of casually wait on releases. We we joked about it being on the sneakers out last week, you know, kind of waiting on stuff and having you know a humble two hundred, a hundred, uh, a humble two twenty laying around for us to get these shoes. But uh, I've never experienced anything in terms of like having to fight or uh, you know feel feel fearful for my safety because of the shoes um and i've always treated my you know treated that situation with care I've, i got some stupid camp stories that we'll get into later on down the road uh as do many sneakerheads i'm sure but um you know it's just it's just a matter of 
paying attention to it. And now it, it seems like coming full circle from the documentary back when Nike and Jordan really didn't want to put out statements against black on black crime or violence over these shoes. Now when we're looking at police brutality, Mike just uh, pledged $100 million over the course of the next 10 years to fighting that cause. So you would like to say better late than never. You know, shout out to Mike because back then he really was very conscious of his image. Uh, he made the you know infamous statement, Republicans buy shoes too. Um, and then there was some, like I said, Scoop, Scoop Jackson was in the documentary speaking on it. Uh, shout out to Jamel Hill. She was also uh, featured in the documentary and spoke on, you know, coming up in Detroit and, uh, you know, what that scene meant, what the shoes meant at the time and how it affected uh, families, you know, affluent families, people that had money were able to kind of get their hands on them. Uh, even David Stern <laughs> made a made a comment. Yeah. Uh, he did a turnaround once he spoke to uh, Sports Illustrated and spoke and spoke to the Nike reps. Uh, shout out also to Sonny Vaccaro. He was very instrumental in getting the uh, getting the Air Jordan campaign going. After he fined Jordan and banned, you know, the shoes, and he saw how much of a success they were, he came back to Nike and was like, "Hey, can you all send me a pair of those? My my son wants them. He thinks I'm a jerk, so I got to get them for him because Jordan's game was that transcendent." Uh, and that just speaks to what sports yeah. mean to our country. Um, you know, sports is supposed to be a unifying industry. Uh, sports doesn't see color or it shouldn't see color. It shouldn't see race. It shouldn't see social differences. It's all about competition and uh, for the love of the sport. So the love of the game. Yeah. If you all get a chance, if you all haven't gotten a chance to check it out, uh, One Man in His Shoes documentary airs on Viceland. You can stream it. I believe it's up on YouTube now as well. You can catch clips of it. Uh, it's a really interesting documentary, um, and it takes you into the you know it takes you into the dark side of the, of the sneaker industry. It takes you into the dark side of the sneaker culture because um, it's dangerous. People have lost their lives over this over this stuff over over a novelty item over a token. You may, I feel you may not never felt uh, in danger, but bro, I live by River Oaks Mall. Not one one thousand. Listening to this, and you ever been to River Oaks Mall, and you get your shoes, it's straight in, it's straight out i'm beelining straight to the crib to put them in my room i'm not doing nothing with them shoes i didn't see people parade around after getting their shoes like kind of taunting people in line next thing you know they don't got them no yeah, more yeah i've so, seen i've seen camp know, lines where uh, folks were I've, <laughs> I've seen some crazy stuff yeah i've seen camp lines where people you know they hadn't even gotten a chance to get their pairs yet and cars have rolled up on them seen that stuff on the news and heard about you know homies that were out camping trying to get the shoes for their kids for christmas and they said, you know, a couple of vans rolled up. People, people were armed, and they robbed people of their money. Like, you know, you walk. They're walking around. They got cash in their hands because they want to do a, a quick transaction yeah. with the store, and they're getting robbed standing outside. You know, it's a safety. It's a safety hazard. So that's why Nike in itself created the sneakers app and told people like, we're not going to put that many pairs in the streets anymore. We're going to do online raffles and uh, online sales to cut down on that on that traffic, on, on that safety issue. Because if you're standing outside in front of these strip malls or you're standing outside uh, in these lines, you almost like feel like you have to arm yourself or you have to go in groups uh, to keep yourself safe yeah. just to buy you know, a piece of clothing. You know what I'm saying? That's ridiculous. We're living in a world now where there are lines formed at the grocery store, bro. Like to get in line to go shop for food. Yeah. Something, that, something that you <laughs> need to stay alive. Yeah, bro. And we, we, you know, we're, we're talking about people losing their lives over a trivial uh, pair of shoes. You know what I'm saying? That honestly, when you, when I actually yeah, did some research, when you, when they went back and did a seminar, a pair of Jordans 
made overseas costs a little over a dollar and 25 cents to make with all the material the leather the paint everything that goes into making this shoe it costs a dollar 25 and they sell them at at least 150 160 bucks the resale value on some of these shoes right now the bread one on on stock x i believe is somewhere around 900 dollars and people are losing their lives over it. <laughs> crazy. I need to give me a pair. God damn. Crazy. Yeah, that's crazy. It's a luxury. It's just it's a luxury item, bro. And it's one of those things. It's a status symbol. So um, people consider it luxury. And you know, in our culture, sometimes what we tend to do is, uh, if we know something is of luxury and, and it's of status, um, unfortunately, some people feel like they have to kill over it instead of work hard to actually get it. And so, um, man great documentary um I, it opened my eyes a little bit even though i already knew this stuff opened my eyes to as to some of the stories that were actually really going on because i don't stand in really i don't stand on lines anymore i don't do that stuff anymore it just re, just gave me a refresher of how that was so uh yeah very interesting man and and i hopefully we can you know we can go somewhere from this you know i don't know how or where but <laughs> hopefully you know things change in the future because some of those stories were very recent Next band. It's it's crazy that we have come to this point where how the season stopped and started, but um, we're here now, bro. And in the midst of it, 22 teams yeah. were invited down to Orlando to finish out the season, but one team in particular, uh, we're gonna highlight one player in particular. The Atlanta Hawks were left out of the seating, and in that, um, Vincent Lamar Carter Jr. Ended his 22-year career in half the amazing. NBA. Half man, half amazing. Uh, called it a career with uh, a very interesting, a very peculiar way to go out. But um, we were talking about it off the air. He went out uh, in a way that he, in every sense of the word, gave back to the game. There were we're gonna we're gonna do the rundown real quick, but. Uh, we just wanted to give him, we wanted to give Vince Carter his flowers um, for all the things that he did to, to wow us and amaze us over his 22 years. So Vince Carter was the fifth pick in the 1998 draft by the Golden State Warriors. Uh, that pick was traded to the Toronto Raptors for Antoine Jameson, an eight-time All-Star consecutive from the year uh, 2000. To 2007, he made eight straight, including the most. I will, I will put it. I will put this dunk contest up against any dunk contest in history. The most amazing display I have ever seen by an NBA player. The 2000 dunk contest is by far the greatest one I've ever seen. And that it was loaded too, bro. That the dunk, that dunk contest was loaded too. It wasn't like it was like uh, Vince Carter. He just showed he just showed out. But go ahead, bro. I'm just letting people know that. Go watch that dunk contest. It was loaded. I, I would I will say, and it's and it's no disrespect to any of the the participants in these past few dunk contests, but I will say I've made it a tradition every All-Star game for the past five or six years. Whenever I felt disappointed with how the All-Star, the dunk contest ended, I immediately go to YouTube and I and I boot up that 2000 dunk contest. And I watch it all the way through just to see Vince Carter do his thing. Where were Kenny you Smith. Can I let me stop you there? Where were you when that first aired? Because I can remember. Two thousand. Exactly 
I can remember exactly. Two thousand. I had to be in se- Two thousand. I was in seventh grade. Um, so I was. I was. I was at the crib, but Vince was doing things that we had never, like, never seen before. Bro, these dunks were like the blueprint <laughs> for everything that we see now. Like the the between the legs, I had never seen that before. The the arm in the rim, the the honey the honey what is it called the honey dip? Yeah, I had never seen that before, bro. And these are these are dunks that you would think you would see like an NBA street. You know what I'm saying? Like in a video game. Mm. Where were you at when you when you saw it? I can remember it, bro. It was, so remember the dunk contest had lost its flair. And I was a kid. For sure. The dunk contest had lost its flair between that time of like 97, 98, 99. Nobody, I mean, it was trash. Nobody's watching it. Remember, I used to watch all the time with my dad and just sitting in front of the TV. Well, 2000 comes. It's All-Star Saturday night. My dad is upstairs. He's like, I'm not watching this. So I'm sitting downstairs watching this on the TV. You know, they go through the three-point contest and everything. I'm like, cool. And I'm watching the dunk contest. I'm like, yeah, this is going to be, this is going to be, you know, it's probably going to be light. But then you got Stevie Franchise. You got mm. T-Mac. All the uh, Famer. Damn. What else was in there? Damn, it was loaded. I know Vince was in there. But Vince comes up for that first dunk. And he casually throws down that reverse 360 windmill. That reverse huh. 360. Bro. On the I first try. Out of my cap. On the first <laughs> try. And it was so clean. I remember it was so clean, bro. It was so clean. I jumped out of my seat and was screaming, screaming. My dad was like, what's going on? I'm like, you gotta come see this. He didn't even care. He was like, whatever, whatever. I, you, you know, I'm a kid, so I'm probably just amazed by what I'm seeing. Bro, those For dunks sure. that he put down. I've never been so excited to like watch something, you know, as a kid, as far as the dunk contest. I made sure I never missed another dunk contest. And I mean, we had some great dunkers over, you know, the past, after that 20 years, we had some, some nice dunk contests, but, by far greatest dunk contest ever and the greatest performance in a dunk, dunk, dunk contest ever from Vince Carter for sure I told um, you I told you earlier this year before the all-star game came about I said whoever makes it into the dunk contest this year even when Dwight Howard made it I said they should concede it and let Vince Carter come do his joint one more time I thought he should have I thought that would have been an amazing cap in terms of honoring Kobe at the all-star game but also giving somebody who was around and prominent during that time. I thought that that would have been an amazing cap on his career for him to come in and do the do the dunk contest, or at least come and judge it. And if they didn't do that, I thought that one of them should have done an ode to him and throw the Raptors joint on, put the put the uh, the shocks on, uh, the Nike shocks on, and throw one down just to honor him. Um, yeah. It didn't happen, but it was all good. I, I feel like Vince Carter made himself that night. He became a superstar. He put the NBA on notice just off of that night he was already a formidable player coming into the yeah. league from carolina um yeah. but man <laughs> that changed that, the game bro that, that changed the game i mean he was being quoted in rap lyrics from that you know um from that right. one night but you know all aside I mean, people knew vince as a dunker and we could look at vince as only a dunker but he could he could fill it up he could score you know, he had some great. Oh yeah, had, oh, I yeah, remember that sure. that battle he had with AI in that Eastern Conference Finals. Um, I think it was semifinals, Eastern Conference semifinals with him and AI going back and forth, dropping fifty, um, game after game. 
I mean, that was a great series, and they tried to give him flack for attending his graduation for Game 7. Um, he went to North Carolina, and he went to go attend his graduation the day of Game 7. Because that's what and his mom's he wanted. he missed a game-winning shot, which was a good look. He just missed it. And they tried to make it seem like, you know, because he went to his graduation, he wasn't focused, which was a, to- which was a lot of bull. Um, I definitely have respect for him for doing that. Uh, but, man, what, how many moments can I tell you? you Frederick Weiss. <laughs> I know you remember the Frederick Weiss. Oh, Rest oh in peace. Goodness, this kid, <laughs> Frederick Weiss was supposed to have a career in the NBA. We never heard of him again after that dunk in the Olympics. Oh, my God. Oh. <laughs> he probably changed his name. He probably changed his name. Went into witness protection after how, that how one. Many, oh, my God. Remember goodness. the Alonzo Mourning dunk? You all know. Bro, I remember all yes. of them. I remember the I remember Olympics <laughs> when Vince Carter jumped out of the gym. Yeah, man. I'm telling you, when I remember people people in the hood had Vince, Car- I mean, Vince Carter dunking on Alonzo Mourning on a T-shirt. I mean, it was he had so many moments to to that you can remember but t- harping back on what you were saying his last few years of his career he made a couple of you know uh he made a couple of stops that were maybe questionable for somebody in that stage of their career like he was at phoenix he was with memphis um where did he stop where else did he go sacramento, sacramento. yeah he was in sacramento and then atlanta and if you notice something about those teams they're not good and he still and he picked where he wanted to go and he picked these teams and so that just tells you one thing Vince was playing strictly out of the love of the game and wanted to mentor and coach these new new school players up and teach them how to be professional exactly so in that right Vince Carter is the ultimate professional you can't take that from him Uh, that's one thing that I'm always going to respect about him is you know the way that he did it his way but in the same time he gave the game something the game gave him something, of course, but he's giving the game back to people that's coming in. And you can see it. Trey Young always talks about, you know, his OG and how he can go to him and talk to him about everything. And you could tell that he was a big part of Trey Young's success this year coming in, you know, his second year and finally being comfortable in his skin. And, uh, you know, that's one thing that with Vince Carter that I'm definitely going to remember. I wish he would have got the chance to play for a chip. Uh, because it seems if you look at the numbers and you look at everything that he's done, his career definitely deserves that. Uh, but he'll definitely be in the Hall of Fame. 19th all-time in NBA uh, scoring and NBA points. He's a two-time All-NBA player. Uh, we already mentioned he's a 2000 slam dunk champion. Uh, career stats, over 1,500 games played, 16, almost 17 points a game, uh, four rebounds a game, three assists a game. Um, and just to speak to your point where where he chose to go to these teams that weren't necessarily contenders or mountain movers within the league, he just missed. He, he comes right after uh, he comes to Orlando and for the 2009-2010 season, fresh off of them going to the finals, losing to the Lakers in five. Um, he also goes to, excuse me, he also comes to Dallas uh, the year after they beat the Miami Heat, 2011-2012 season. So he's he's just missing these championship campaigns for these teams. He's coming in and still playing really good minutes. He's playing – he doesn't play under 50 games uh, throughout his career except for the year he was in Orlando. He played 22 games there. 
but beyond that, even uh, as a starter and off of the bench, he doesn't play any less than uh, 50 games for his career. Um, so he's an avid contributor on and off the court. He made over $180 million in his career, uh, and he made and he was worth every dollar. Um, he obviously has been moonlighting and, and getting his reps show. in as a, as a broadcaster for the NBA uh, on the Turner broadcast side. So we're looking forward to seeing Absolutely. him. Yeah, we're looking forward to seeing him calling some games. And obviously, he's a goodwill ambassador for the league, so he's going to have a bunch of relationships with, with players. Um, and I'm sure he's a welcome face in any locker room going forward. Vince Carter, a consummate professional, uh, an amazing talent. He held his own. Uh, he wasn't a scrub by any means. He was an amazing player and a no doubt Hall of Famer. So shout out to Half Man, Half Amazing. Vince Carter, you, you will be missed. The game over quite a bit. Thank you for everything you did. Shout out to Vince Carter. Shout out Vince, man. Legend. Hey, Air Chris. Canada. Yo. You know Yo. what time it is, buddy. You know what time it is. <laughs> you know Hold what on. time it is, man. Hold on. I got to get serious. Are you ready? I got to get serious. Let me get serious. You ready? Are currently 0 for 3 <laughs> in our game show, man. And what I'm trying to do is, I'm not trying to, I don't want to see you lose, man. you my brother. I want to see you win. So, what I'm going to try to do is give you a question today <laughs> with options. And options. hopefully, you get this right. Okay? So, Let's do the it. question is, well, let me preface it. Let me preface this. Do you know what the 40, 50, 90 club, the 50, 40, 90 club is? I do know what the 50, 40, 90 club is. 50% field goal, 40% from three, 90% from the free throw line. Correct. So. That's well, was that the answer? That, was that it? Did I get it right? No. That, Did I no, get it right? The, that's not the question I'm. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's not the question I'm asking you, buddy. Slow down, slow down, slow down. Hold your horses. Now, you did get that right, though. The 50-40-90 club is an, a very, very, very small club. Um, very small. To be in this club, like you said, you have to shoot 50% from the field, 40% from the three-point line, and 90% from the free-throw line. Okay? Since the right. NBA introduced this, that three-point line in 1979, there's only been eight players to do this. Chris, yeah. can you name me five of them? I can name two for sure. Uh, I think the most recent one is Steph Curry. Uh, let's do this. Let's do this before you start. Let's do this. How many do you think you can get? This I know I can like give you two for sure. How many, two, how many? maybe three for sure. Okay. All right. So name me four. I'll give you. I'll I'll, I'll limit it down. I say name me four out of the eight. All right. Uh, so I'll do Steph Curry. Uh, I believe Steve Nash was one. That's right. That's right. Um, Kobe. That's and wrong. That's wrong. Damn. That's wrong. Uh, Boy, hell, do you think Kobe was a 50, 40, 90 guy? 
how many shots he was shooting? Crazy. I mean, I thought it would have evened out by the end of it. Uh, <laughs> I'm just gonna start naming people. Maybe Reggie off. Miller. <laughs> Is Clay on there? I mean, that's right. That's right. That's right. I mean, Clay's on there too, right? Right. No, Clay's not on there. Clay's Bro, not on there. I could, you could get two more. You, like, I'm I'm trying to help you out, but you know, I'm thinking. So you I'm got. Thinking, mm. So you did get three. So you did get three. Right. So you did get Steph Curry. Steve you said Nash. Steve Nash, right? Right. And then who else did you say? Reggie. You said Reggie Miller. Right. Yep. So you got three. Um, I feel like Chauncey's on that more. list too. Is Chauncey on there? No, sir. No. Okay, damn. <sighs> you get one more, bro. And then I'll name him off to you. You get one more because you already got three people wrong. I can't let you just keep going. Damn. So uh, I'll let you. Fuck. <laughs> uh, Come on, bro. Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> I'm trash. Damn, boy. You still ain't get this right. Oh, my God, bro. Dude, whenever people Damn. listen to this, they going to know. Whenever people listen to this, they going to say, they going to Chris doesn't know really basketball. Knowledge. That's what they're going to say. Because the names I'm about to name here, you're going to be pissed off. So, since we got time, I'm going to name all eight players that are in this 50-40-90 club. <sighs> First person, Larry Joe Bird. I don't even know how you didn't get that. Duh. <laughs> Clown. <laughs> Larry Bird. Steph Curry. Correct. Right. Reggie Miller. Correct. Right. Steve Nash. You got that right. Right. Bro. Dirk was in the 50-40-90 club. Clown. Mark, Clown. Mark Price was in the 50-40-90 club. Oh, my God. All Bro, the white guys. I don't even know how. And, and, you know, this is the surprising name I'm going to tell you that you would have never got. Malcolm Brogdon is in the 50-40-90 Oh, uh, what? But last, last but not least. Last but not least. Captain Obvious. Last but not least. Captain Ives. How did you not say Kevin Durant? KD. KD is Mr. 50-40-90. He he's the most efficient scorer like I've probably seen in my time. That's crazy, bro. I tried to give you a chance. You are now 0 for 4, Chris. Hit us up. Uh, Let me know how much of a clown <laughs> I am. And if y'all got, some, if y'all got some, some trivia questions to make me look bad on my own show, don't be afraid to hit us up. The Hitman Podcast at gmail.com. Hit us up at the Hitman Podcast on Instagram. God, dog, Godly, bro. Damn, I had, I had faith in you, bro. I really had faith in you this time. Keep hope alive. I, I mean, I was like, Keep damn. hope alive. Damn. I was like, he gonna say KD first. It's all good, bro. We'll damn. try next time. I'm gonna try something. I'll give you something a little bit more elementary next week. I got you, bro. <laughs> Y'all see how Mo try to get me with these like subtle side swipes. <laughs> It's all good, bro. Look, yo, yo. Let's get into something that I do know. All right? Let's get into something that I do know. What's up? If I don't know nothing else, I know these kicks, bro. Sneaker rundown for the week. Let's get it. Let's do it. All right. So we got to preference the statement. Given the state of the country and given that black lives matter every day, all day, the sneaker industry has recognized that the priority is not on selling shoes right now, but it's about healing the country. So 
the dates, the release dates that we gave you all last week, they've been adjusted. We'll make sure to get those notes to y'all on our Instagram page at the Hitman Podcast. Uh, the Air Jordan Animal Instinct 2.0, though, will push back to the fourth quarter, um, as well as several other sneaker releases that we mentioned last week. We'll get into this week, starting off uh, June 8th. The Parley and Adidas Ultra Boost Collab, DNA Cloud White, Blue Spirit, $180. Those are releasing June 8th. That's Monday. June 11th, the Nike Space Hippie Pack. I know if y'all been following uh, Nike's environmental movement, these shoes are going to be completely made or completely composed of recycled materials. The Hippie Pack Trash Transfer, Trash Transformed. The Hippie Pack Trash Transformed. There are four different renditions of the sneaker uh, from the low top, uh, the low show, the mid top, and then the high top. Low tops 130, low shows 150, mid tops 180. Those are all going up June 11th, so make sure y'all check those out. June 12th, the next day, Nike Dunk. Low University Red, hundred bucks. They've been releasing it kind of early uh, on some secondhand shops, but uh, these are hard, bro. I like these a lot. Yeah, I really yeah. like those. Probably one of my favorite ones out of your five. Yeah. Man. Quick note for the for the Nike Space Hippie Pack. Um, they're coming in numbered uh, number versions. So the one, the low top is one thirty. The second low rendition is one hundred fifty. Um, the high top is 180 and then the number four is 130 but it comes in two different colorways it comes in the crimson colorway and the vault colorway like I said um, the Animal Instinct Air Jordan Retro 3 is coming out later on this year so be on the lookout for that hit pick of the week hit pick of the week hit pick of the week Nike Air Jordan Retro 5, top three. 200 bucks. It's a mashup of the Grape, the Playoff, and the Fire Red 5. Uh, it's an all-black sneaker. These are going to be hard to get. You know where they're coming. You know where you can find them out on the sneakers app. Yeah. I... I'm just a fan of the top, the top threes, the Jordan One top threes. I don't know after you make that. I don't know if you make any sneaker that's gonna top that when you're doing a top I three agree. version. But we'll see. I agree. It's it's pretty much the best of what's coming out this week. I'm not really a fan of them. Um, I love the top four. I love the top three uh, Air Jordan Four, and like you said, the Air Jordan One top three is dope. Um, so if you can try to get your hands on these as a collector's item, go ahead and scoop them. But um, between me and you, I think they're going to be at outlets pretty soon. Also of note, uh, June 13th, the Adidas uh, Yeezy 350 version 2 Zion colorway. Those are coming in at 220 bucks. Those will also be out again June 13th. Like I said, y'all can catch each one of these pictures of each one of these rundowns on our Instagram page at the Hitman Podcast. Those will be up as soon as we get done with the pod, so check them out. Let us know what y'all think of the sneakers and what y'all looking forward to coming out the rest of the year. But that's going to be the sneaker rundown for the week, bro. You looking forward to anything specific? 
Yes, what you what you waiting on coming down the pipe? Uh, no. Uh, honestly, I'm haven't even been even in the sneakers space, bro. I'm not even gonna lie to you. Uh, I did see damn what was coming out. You know, my birthday is my birthday. Uh, huh? But there's a shoe coming out next week. <sighs> I'm, I'm, I'm gonna be honest, you stumped me with that. This is not a this is not something that I've been really thinking about. I'm not nothing has really caught my eye. What I did want was the animal pack. That dropped, yeah, I was checking for the that animal show. pack dropped last week. I was checking for those. I really wanted, I really wanted to get those. I, I'm not drawing any luck, bro. I have no plug, so I'm not ashamed to say that. <laughs> I'm not plugged up right now with anybody who could give me these shoes. I know I probably can get plugged up, but I haven't been in that space right now. The last couple of weeks, you know, what's been going on, I, my, my attention has been, you know, a little bit somewhere else than on the shoes. But uh, I'll give you my pick next exactly. week. Exactly. I'll show you a sentiment, bro. Like, yeah, there, there are more important bro. things in the world, you know. But. Uh, yeah, but these shoes still hot, though. Yeah. Yeah, they <laughs> tough. I was kind of disappointed that they wasn't coming hot. out. If I had to go out of these. Yeah, these these dunk lows, is, I like them, though. I like those uh, those university reds. So. If they're available for me to cop, I'll get yeah, them. Yeah, I ain't never been a dunk man, but these are, these are Those straight. Those are really my favorite out of the five. Yeah, them cool. Them decent. Yeah. Man, what's the, what's what's going uh, on for the B-Day, though, bro? What you got planned coming up? You know what? For the B-Day, I'm going to just take it easy. Uh, go surround myself with nature. Uh, relax. Take my mind off things. You know, enjoy another year of life. Enjoy the love that I'm going to receive. And, you know, get back to it. Get back to building. 2020 is one of them years that made you just, you know, sit down and slow down no matter how fast you were moving. And so with that, I'm just, you know, taking that and I'm trying to make the best of it. You know, they say, I heard, I've seen people saying like, yo, if you don't come out of 2020 with a new skill or a new job or a new hustle, you know, you're not utilizing your time properly. I think that that's a whole bunch of bull. You know, get your mind right because there's a lot going out on in the world. You know, uh, that's what I'm taking 2020 to do, and I'm blessed. So that's what I'm doing. Bro. Well said, bro. I don't want to get long windy with it, but I'm going to chill out. Well said. We appreciate yes, you. I appreciate you checking in with me. I appreciate you doing this thing with me each and every week, man. It's a blessing to have you by my side, my right hand, man. Likewise. Likewise, bro. You make sure you enjoy yourself, stay safe. And to the rest of y'all, man, be safe out there protesting. Black Lives Matter. Stand up for George Floyd. Stand up for Breonna Taylor. Happy belated happy belated birthday to Breonna Taylor. We miss you. We're going to make sure that your life wasn't lost in vain. We're going to keep fighting. We're going to keep making sure that we lift your name on high and that we keep you and your family in our prayers. Everybody that's out there this weekend, and moving forward, 2020 is just a test of faith. We're going to get through it. We're going to come out stronger and better on the other side. In the meantime, make sure y'all be safe. You know, take care of your loved ones. Tell your people you love them, man. Yeah, I'm telling you right now, I love you, bro. Love. I love you too, bro. For sure. And I love all y'all that's listening to our podcast. All right, we're going to get at y'all next week. Same bad time, same bad channel. We out of here.
Target Center. Oh! Oh!